Hi everybody, it's Allie. Um, I just wanted to, um, up here at the top of the show, um, address something. Um, uh, right now, as I'm talking, it is May 14th. Um, we're going to be putting this up on May 16th. And we recorded the bulk of the episode on May 12th. Um, throughout the episode, we made a lot of uh, jokes about one, uh, Cl- uh, about Cliff Blazinski, Blazinski, um, of Boss Key Productions. We made a lot of jokes about Lawbreakers. We made a lot of jokes about Radical Heights. Um, and it, it was all in good fun. Um, I, I don't think any of our jokes were out of line. Since, um, since we recorded, Boss Key Productions shut down. Um, unfortunately, all of those workers are getting laid off. Um, and so... We, we wanted to address that. Um, so yeah, we, it, it just ended up being a bad situation on our end. Um, we want only the best for all the um, people who worked incredibly hard on those games. Um, you know, Cliff, Cliff Bozinski is a goofy man. Um, perhaps the Todd McFarlane of video gaming, but... Um, yeah, we, we wish the best for all the people who have lost their jobs um, in light of that failure. Um, anyway, um, I thought this was an excellent episode of the show. Um, I'm very excited for you all to hear it. And so um, I'm going to throw now to probably the intro music, and then you'll hear me from the past uh, and Nora from the past talk about... We don't really talk about core in this episode. We mostly talk about some bullshit. Um, yeah, have a nice day. Radio, a uh, podcast all about the legend of Korra. Uh, my name is Allison, and my co-host is Nora. I'm Nora. I thought you said your own name wrong for a second. <laughs> I thought you said Nora. I'm Korra. <laughs> <I> th- <laughs> um, Hi, I'm Cora Blake. <laughs> Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about the prequel trilogy. I mean, duology. Um, right. So, um Zam Wessel was robbed. I'm googling Zam Wessel now. Do it. Who the hell is Zam Wessel? What? Zam Wessel was a Claudite female bounty hunter. We why why am I doing this on the podcast? <laughs> She's the changeling from Attack of the Clones. She should have been a like a bigger character. Since you wanted to talk about the prequels, <laughs> I mean, I I have bad news, Nora. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm we're talking about the Korra prequels, not the uh, Star Wars prequels. Oh, dope! I love <laughs> that show. <laughs> no, no, you're not that lucky. Did you know that in the original cut of The Last Airbender by 
M. Night Shyamalan, Zhao kills the moon spirit by punching the fish. What? <laughs> so anyway, beginnings part one and two. <laughs> so yes, today we are talking about the prequels, i.e. Um, the uh, episodes where they explain how the Avatar got started, the, the story of the very first Avatar, um, which Korra remembers while she's in a coma. The first Avatar, Neo. <sighs> I had a funny joke. I can't remember it, and I don't even think it was that funny. So It wasn't. <laughs> it was probably better than Neo. <laughs> so Korra's in a coma. No, she's as amnesia. Yeah, and also is unconscious. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of, like, in and out. They take her down to the heart of Atlantis and put her underwater for a bit. And she flashes back to I'm gonna, They take her down to where? <laughs> the heart of Atlantis? <laughs> From the film Atlantis? From Disney's Atlantis, The Lost Empire, yes. Written by this show's favorite writer, uh, Joss Whedon. What? I'm pretty sure Atlantis Lost Don't... Empire is written by Joss Whedon. Don't take this movie from me. Uh, I'm going to take this movie from you real quick. Be nice to Nora 2K18. I would have sworn this movie was written by Joss Whedon. Yeah, there it is. Story by Joss Whedon. God damn it. I'm out. <laughs> Did she really close the door? I, listener, like, I don't know what's happening because I'm not on a video call, so she might have actually left the room. I might just have to do this podcast on my own. <sighs> <laughs> Linguist Mark Okrand created a language specifically for use in Atlantis with James Newton Power providing the film score. Did you know there was a sequel to Atlantis? Yep. It's stitch, stitched together from uh, episodes of a TV show that never got greenlit. Uh, am I going to watch this ep- movie today? Hell yeah. <laughs> Milo's return. I need to stream like a bunch of bad comics movies first. <laughs> Gosh. I need to stream The Wolverine. Oh my gosh, they made a movie about Milo coming back to Twitter? What? They made a movie about Milo returning to Twitter, you know, of Breitbart fame. I sense that you're displeased with the words I said. (laughs) I'm just going to go ahead and delete this podcast. (laughs) I'm not excited about it either. It's really kind of like a... You know how Empire is like the dark one? Umbridge is in Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> this looks like a dorky movie. It is. There's there's dust coyotes and there's uh there's a sea monster and it's like a I appreciate that like the box art for this movie says the day it is released so that I know that um, next week is the 
15-year anniversary of classic film Atlantis II, Milo's Return. There, there might, there might be the Spear of Destiny in that movie. That, I love Tenacious D. Should love Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it was like that show probably would have been the Disney animated version of the Librarians. Oh, is that the hey, one? Is is the Librarians TV show related to this trilogy of movies called The Librarian? I I'm not familiar with the the trilogy of movies. Is the TV show the one that's like in the post-apocalyptic future they're explaining libraries to kids? No. Do you not Okay. I watched this show in elementary school. I know. School. We've talked about this for sure, Okay. Right? I don't know if it was on the podcast or not. I feel like they talked about it on Important of True, but I'm not sure. Oh, they did. Anyway, that for show sure. ruled. I don't know what the librarian's TV show. I thought the... that was a spinoff of The Librarian, which is the, the movie that is like made for TV uh, and like PG rated Indiana Jones. Huh. I'm. They're goofy. <laughs> I am totally unfamiliar with this. So is this supposed to be like a was this Atlantis show supposed to be like the Lilo and Stitch show? You mean like really good? Yeah, probably. Yo, that Lilo and Stitch show is way better than the Lilo and Stitch movie, and the Lilo and Stitch movie remember, is pretty good. Remember when they met six to eight? He's such a bad boy. He's the baddest boy. And there's six two nine and they never activated it. Is six two eight the shadow of the hedgehog of the Lilo and Stitch verse? Do you want to do a Lilo and Stitch podcast after this? <laughs> I want to do a podcast where we investigate the shadow of hedgehog, the shadow of the hedgehog of blank, where we go into like franchises that have been going on for a couple years, and then introduce a dark and edgy character. But how sustainable is that content-wise? I mean, we can at least get four episodes. <laughs> How do you think you're four? <laughs> yeah, Who's yeah. the Shadow the Hedgehog of Avatar, The Last Airbender? Uh, Jet. Ah, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the Shadow the Hedgehog of X-Men? Uh, I mean, like, Wolverine is the... It's Wolverine, right? Mm, I... No... It's like pyro it's cable there's like 20 shadow of the hedgehogs of x-men is the problem <laughs> okay you have to keep it to the x-men stuff i know <laughs> so which is the movies okay or x-men evolution <laughs> so scott and gene have a child in an alternate timeline who comes back oh cable is and just his the name is x-man his name is Nate, and he's a five-level palantir or whatever. What? He's 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 he fights apocalypse, and then Holocaust is there, and he fights Holocaust. Okay, His you know some X Men lore that I do not. That I knew about apocalypse. <laughs> I did not know they had a character named Holocaust. 
Holocaust is the son of Apocalypse. What? And the character I'm talking about is not Cable, but is an alternate, like... He was created from the genetic material of Scott Summers and Jean Grey. But he's oh, not I heard child. about this guy. His name is X-Man. I heard about this guy. He has every power. Did you know that Jesus of Nazareth has a Marvel wiki page? He does. Okay, okay. I was actually looking at the cover of this issue yesterday because I just have it saved on my phone. <laughs> I like thinking about it. Have you seen this? It's, this rules. This is the best thing ever. It's like Ghost Rider and the Thing go to go to Bethlehem or something. No, is this a set up a joke? No, this is just a thing that happened. So, the thing, Ben Grimm, doesn't celebrate Christmas uh, mm -hmm. because he's Jewish, and he sometimes Ghost gets... Rider and Ghost Rider doesn't celebrate Christmas because he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I forget how this happens, but like, while the rest of the Fantastic Four is celebrating Christmas, the thing goes off and has an adventure in Bethlehem. Or Jerusalem, or wherever. I was curious, because, like, with all the Asgardians, and the Roman gods, and the Egyptian gods being basically aliens, I was like, are they going to do that with all the religions that exist in the world? And the answer is yes, except... Except? It, there, so... is a, there is a Yahweh page. Uh, he doesn't seem to be in any, like superhero comics only bible comics so this Public might be Marvel. this might be apocryphal but i heard that jack kirby like wanted to do a jesus comic and couldn't and that's how thor came to be hmm. i that might be entirely apocryphal i don't know jack kirby was jewish so i don't know like what reverence or lack thereof he had for jesus mm-hmm <laughs> According to the Marvel Wiki page for Yahweh, he created Zoroastrianism as a practical joke. <laughs> what? It's, I mean, it's on a wiki, so it must be true. There's also, like, the actual god, 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 god. Above all above other him? gods in the Marvel Universe is just Jack Kirby. Like, they just showed up one time. and. You mean the one above all or something else? I think he's like the one above all. I haven't actually read that issue. I've just seen those pages. The one above like... all is genderless, but often assumes a male avatar. Okay. I've been reading a lot of com comics uh, wikis today. Comics wikis? I, I learned a lot about Moon Knight. Moon Knight rules. And I came up with what I want Moon Knight to be in the MCU. Okay. Tell me about this. So he's played by Rami Malek. Okay, I'm in who is a theology professor in Cairo. Mm -hmm. And he's also dating Shuri from Black Panther. Okay. Long distance. Okay. And she makes him a Moon Knight suit with, like, vibranium tech. Okay. Now, how do and you And he's take... like, no, no, no. Make it white so they can see me coming because that's what moon knight does yeah how do you take all the problematic shit out of moon knight because i love moon knight but moon knight is like uh, the most problematic you don't put it in okay okay you just don't <laughs> you don't you just don't do it 
Have you considered talking to the people who made Iron Fist and telling them to just not make it problematic? <laughs> you could just not have the really bad, like, mental health shit in there. You could just not. <laughs> and I even made an effort to cut down on the weird racial stuff, too. Yeah. Like casting Rami Malek. Yeah. You can just make things better. <laughs> Hey, Nora. If you really want to, you can have Kansu show up in person in like a moon vision or something. So, I'm enjoying the conversation we're having. Yeah. But I did just notice that we are 17 minutes into this podcast. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and also, I'm running out of steam of just random shit I can bring up. I can talk about random shit all day. Do you want me to talk about the Hemogoblin? No. <laughs> so anyway. So anyway, I love Moon Knight because I had Marvel Ultimate Alliance as a kid, and that game is awesome. Did you play Marvel <laughs> Ultimate Alliance? No. Um, I only know Moon Knight because he has a cool name, and I like his his outfit. He does have a very good outfit. You should read, um, there's a really good series from a couple years ago where, like, the colorist, like, did, like, everything in the backgrounds and all the other characters in, like, intense detail, and then Moon Knight is just a flat white. It's really good. I, think I, I saw one picture from that, yeah. It's very good. Is that a good Moon Knight, or is that, like, it's still a bad Moon Knight? Like, how, how much Moon Knight is actually good, and how much Moon Knight is always shackled to like the really shitty parts there is a lot of really terrible moon knight um i know warren ellis wrote it and warren ellis is like a comic book writer that a lot of people love and i have never read i imagine it is still s problematic but less so like people who have good taste like really liked that series i remember so warren ellis definitely wrote something that i liked recently but i couldn't tell you what i've heard the name though he wrote Maybe Dead... the Castlevania? Yes, he did write Castlevania. He wrote Dead Space, the first one anyway. He's mostly a comics writer. He did Transmetropolitan as like the Is thing. Is he the one responsible for naming the episode, the chapter titles in Dead Space so that they spell out Natalie is dead? God, I hope so. God, I hope so. <laughs> That's the best part about Dead Space. <laughs> I mean, Nicole, it sucks that they right? fridge her, but like... It's Nicole, not Natalie? I don't know. Yeah, it's. I remember it's an end name, and it's probably Nicole because that's shorter, and then they don't have to do as many levels. I, I was watching clips from different Avengers movies today, so mm -hmm. uh, Natalie's on the brain. Wait, that's Natasha. Damn it. <laughs> I have no excuse. <laughs> Moon Knight looks kind of like Taskmaster sometimes. Taskmaster is the best. There's, like, a story where, like, Taskmaster <laughs> just, like, opens up a business teaching other villains how to do shit. And that's, like, <laughs> the best possible use of Taskmaster. Oh, I played him once in Marvel. Yeah, he rules in Marvel. How come Dormammu is so much cooler in Marvel than in Doctor Strange? Which one's Dormammu? He's the big fucking energy cloud from Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah. This guy's awesome in Marvel. 
<laughs> I haven't seen the Doctor Strange movie, but I'm looking at some uh, screen caps right now, and he kind of looks like Galactus from that bad Fantastic Four movie. There are a couple or, bad um, Fantastic Four movies. Wasn't wasn't the the enemy from Spawn also represented as a fart cloud? I forgot they made a Spawn movie. (laughs) In like 2004. I forgot. Oh, I just googled Spawn movie and all of this looks like 2004. Have you seen those clips of like, of like, Todd McFarlane introing a segment? No. He like talks. Imagine being in hell and such and such, and seeing your best friend and such. All this other stuff. Hi, I'm Todd McFarlane. (laughs) (laughs) I was reading. I don't know what the context of that stuff was, but there were like two or three of them. I was reading an interview with Todd McFarlane, which was wild because it's just like I guess he does not eat or sleep anymore. Like. According to his assistant, he has just ascended past the need for eating and sleeping. Is he the Cliffy B of comic books? McFarland bragging about how you could shoot behind your back and push would you shoot behind your back and push you forward (laughs) (laughs) what even is that game lawbreakers and there's also the new one radical heights remember that time the cliffy b made jazz jackrabbit no. He should make more of those. Remember that time Cliffy B was like, hey, I'm not Cliffy B anymore. I'm Cliff Blazinski. Call me by my name. And everyone's like, nah, Cliffy B. Yo, yo. <clears throat> the worst roast of Cliffy B ever is that on his Wikipedia page, there is a photo of him at PAX in an anime girl shirt and a uh, Minecraft <gasps> hoodie. I almost typed in Todd McFarlane. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, um, do you think Cliffy B and Cardi B could... No, 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 (laughs) no, no. (laughs) Oh, oh, I found the picture. And he's got... Oh, wow, yeah. That's a Dragon Quest shirt. Oh yeah, okay. I knew I knew that slime from somewhere. Slime. <laughs> God. Did hmm. you know? Did you know Cliffy that the director? Like he... <laughs> you go. You go. <laughs> Cliffy B looks like he just finished writing his nine point eight review of God of War twenty eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> I always think do you know the really awful Kevin Smith tweet like the really awful one who's Kevin Smith Kevin Smith is a director of like clerks and um oh the guy who who went to go see like them making the new Star Wars movie and cried on camera about it yeah yeah so one time One time he tweeted, 10 years in, and we bone like we're cheating on each other with each other. Oh, right. 
And um, I always think that Cliffy B tweeted that for some reason. Because I think I honestly thought that Joss Whedon tweeted that. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you know this is a thing that I learned? The mm-hmm. director of the Spawn movie has a PhD. In what? In computer graphics. He left home at 17 for college and earned a PhD. Maybe he shouldn't have been the director then. <laughs> so I guess he did Maybe CG he could have helped him make that like... movie look good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. He founded a company. I'm just going to read you um, some credits for this company. Um, excuse me, hold on. Huh. He is in a Starbomb music song. Oh, I haven't thought about Starbomb in a minute. <laughs> Starbomb. <laughs> uh. He's also been in various Mega 64 skits. That makes sense. Those guys know everyone. Yeah, that's true. Um, have you ever listened to Let's Watch Two Movies? I've not, but I've been meaning to because you keep talking about it. So they like have random beefs with like various famous men. Can we start a beef with Game Grumps? And like Game Grumps never has to know about it. But like, can we start a beef with Game Grumps? I already have a beef with Game Grumps. Okay, perfect. Get good, Strobes. (laughs) Get good at video games and also of like not being shitty about politics and yeah. But hey, there when were... you have 90,000 followers on Twitter, you, you start seeing the value in two sides. <laughs> there were three. Three animated Garfield movies between 2007 and 2009. And Jeff Gersman was in all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they had been Heathcliff movies, though. What if, the, what if Jeff Gersman played Garfield... That would be perfect. It would be so good. Holy shit. I like, watched the Garfield if... movie a few months ago, and I'm like, just take out Bill Murray, put in Jeff Gersman, and it's perfection. If Jeff has, like, the energy and patience to act, <laughs> then that would be fucking great. Give me my fucking lasagna! <laughs> <laughs> I hate Mondays. God. Ah. <laughs> so Juan tells her the story of how he became okay. the first Avatar. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Like, I'm not complaining. We have like 15 minutes of good shit right here. Garfield and his friends enter a talent contest and after various exertions and adventures and win it. Although the script lacks literary depth, and the film garnered no important accolades or serious critical notice. It does contain elements of the meta story, meta theatrical overtones, and the quest motif. So, Who wrote this? This is uh, Garfield Fun Fest, the 2008 CGI film. And this is just the Wikipedia, and some some asshole got on the Garfield Fun Fest Wikipedia and decided to just fucking <laughs> talk Was about... Was Garfield in Ready Player One? Um, he should be. 
You know who is in Garfield Fun Fest? Odie. Jason Marsden of uh, Max Goof oh. and Cora fame. Yeah. See? And Chase Young. And most importantly, Tasselhoff Burfoot. <laughs> I can't I can't say I'm familiar with the uh, the works of Tasselhoff. Tasselhoff Burfoot is a kender. Uh, that's like the Dragonlance version of a halfling. Okay. Um, Tell me about Dragonlance. I don't know Dragonlance. So, um, long ago, the four nations used to live in harmony. Uh-huh. But everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Okay, go on. Only the Avatar, master of all four elements, could stop them. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. Why? A hundred years passed. <laughs> This was very good and very funny, and I want to keep it. Oh, yeah. This is all... This is the show. Can you you keep going? (laughs) Can I keep going with Garfield, with Jason Marsden, with... No. Can we make the real podcast now? Do you have the energy? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So... Hi, we're the giant bomb cast of recap podcasts. (laughs) So, they they lower into the heart of Atlantis, <laughs> and she sees herself, um, she's filled with dark energy, and then she sees Juan, which sounds like one, because he is the first avatar. So most of the rest of these two episodes is the story of Juan becoming the first avatar, and it is completely different in aesthetic and is actually animated by a different studio which is the studio that did the first season of Korra Mm -hmm. it looks really Um, good it looks really good it looks pretty good yeah Um, it's interesting to see little details that are clearly early uh, alternate versions of, of, of details in the main show like the airbenders tattoos are different in design but they're yeah close the the whole the look of the thing reminded me a lot of okami um and a lot of the creation myth itself reminds me of okami which i don't have a point with this i thought i had a point with this and i don't okami is a good video game play it it's a good video game so one lives in a city on the back of a lion turtle you may remember Lion they, Turtles because they taught Aang how to take people's bendings away, bending away in the first uh, show. Yeah. Um, they take fire bending from the Lion Turtle <clears throat> and use it to hunt and then give it back when they go back into the city. They live um, kind of under the thumb of a ruler family that has all the weapons. And um, Juan basically uses his guile and trickery to steal the fire and Mm. um, use it to get uh, to start a revolution and steal the food from the ruling class. And uh, it's it's good. It It goes great for him. 
Yeah. His uh, guile and trickery, by the way, is just not giving it back. It's just... Yeah, it's just walking back inside with it. Yeah. Um, as with all revolutions, as we have learned from this show, um, the revolution was actually bad, actually. And, well, no, um, this revolution was good. This revolution was good, but ends poorly. The other one later is bad. Right. I guess it's the same one. This revolution ends poorly because um, the rebels are misguided. Um, and Juan is promptly banished from the uh, lion turtle and sent to live in the wilds with the spirit. But um, he is allowed to keep his firebending while... Um, while he's living on his own. Yeah, and he makes friends with some spirits and starts to live with them. And that's the first time that's happened before. Humans and spirits living together. Mass hysteria. Mm-hmm. Um, God. Hmm? Oh, just the mass hysteria. Go on, go on. He then goes to... He's, he's wandering, and he comes across Rava and Vatu, Two great spirits that are locked in combat. Mm-hmm. And he separates the two of them. And, like, Vatu is very clearly evil to anyone who has watched a TV show before. You can't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> but, like, somehow manages to trick uh, Juan into freeing him. It's dumb. But, like, it has to happen for the plot to happen, so... I mean, it's it's not that dumb. It's the first trick anyone's pulled. I guess so. I guess the world's been it's around so far for back 10, in time years, that that's a new like... novel trick. <laughs> so Rava is like, "Hey, idiot! You let darkness and chaos into the world. You opened Pandora's box." Um, and so Juan and Rava start traveling together in order to um, defeat Batu. And the order of the Avatar cycle is the order in which he learns the other elements. Mm-hmm. So he hangs out with some airbenders. Um, they get attacked by Vatu. He moves on to the waterbenders and the earthbenders very quickly because the show only has 45 minutes to do all of this. Also, there's a thing called harmonic convergence. There's a thing called harmonic convergence, which is just... As in Remember all of these types of stories, there is, like, the Day of Reckoning. Um, and Remember in Hercules when the planets aligned? Remember in, um, have you ever seen The Last Airbender? Mm-hmm. Remember in The Last Airbender when there was Sozin's Comet? Yeah. It's that. I mean, it's uh, not that, but it's basically that. No, um... Because it's the day that everything has to happen. Sure. The a few days before Harmonic Convergence, um, there's a big, just a big old fight between um, Juan's friends, who he knew from the Lion Turtle, and the spirits of the surrounding forest. And this is kind of, this was a thing that happened in the show. He tries to stop the fighting and mediate between the two, and nobody's gonna listen. <clears throat> both sides are wrong i think the humans are considerably more wrong but um 
the show asserts that both sides are wrong. The show basically says that indigenous people are wrong for defending themselves from yeah. colonists. Yep. So that happens. Yep. One could say that the spirits are in fact 100% right, but, you know. One could say that with their mouth. Mm-hmm. Into a microphone, even. Yeah. He goes into the Avatar state, kind of, the proto-Avatar state, and it nearly kills him. And uh, he stops the fighting for a bit, and then Rava leaves him so he doesn't die. And the fighting immediately kicks back up. Mm -hmm. And basically everyone dies. Yeah. But mostly the spirits, if I remember right. But not Jason Marsden. But not Jason Marsden. Uh, that character does not have a name, so that's the same name. On the core wiki, they refer to him as the I.I. spirit. Is that the name of the animal? I guess so. I feel like I.I. is the name of an animal that I've heard before. It is the name of um, one of the characters of Super Monkey Ball. And Super Monkey Ball 2. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a monkey. Yeah. It might also be, like, an actual animal. I don't know. So Jason Marsden is fine, but he's off-screen right now. Yeah. Batu shows up um, while... He's very big. He's big. He and did Rava's a big small. boy season in the spirit world. Right. And he basically hey, is how like, how cool would it have been idiot. if Batu had been a lady? You know it would be really cool if Juan had been a lady? That too. I was just talking about the weird forced duality there of, and binary of genders. Yeah. Um, there's like a divorce element or something going on. <laughs> when like... Uh... I don't know. It felt like there was like a gendered element to Rava and Vatu that I couldn't put my finger on and was wholly unnecessary. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do appreciate the show that saying that men are evil and women are not. <laughs> so yeah, then they go have the big climactic showdown. How come darkness and chaos always means evil? It could mean good. Well, you see, um, chaos is bad because then people don't respect the laws. Hmm. And you got to have the law respected. The law's respecter has logged on. You know how in Shadow the Hedgehog, um, the hit video game from 2004, mm -hmm. um, there's like the light path and the dark path? Mm -hmm. Well, so in the light path, he respects authority, authorities. And um, oh. uh, in the dark path, he doesn't. Um, and as we all know, Shadow the Hedgehog is like the moral compass by which everyone orients themselves. And so... Remember the the scripture of Shadow. <laughs> I am all that I am all that I am. I think actually the best ending in Shadow the Hedgehog is on the neutral path, but I could be wrong about that, but I really hope it's true. <laughs> that might not have been a quote from Shadow the Hedgehog that I did. I think it is. I think it is. At Can worst, you see all of me? From Sonic Step Adventure into too. my mystery. Step inside and hold on for dear life. <laughs> did Did Crush 40 do the music for Shadow the Hedgehog? Crush 40 does the music for every Sonic 
I didn't realize this until recently that Crush 40 was just like employees of Sega. I didn't know that for a while. I'm pretty sure that in that song, I am all of me. I am dot 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 all of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty sure they rhyme demon with hero. That's made up. You can't. It's what? in the first line. I... I'm sorry for the typing on the... Sonic News Network, fandom powered by Wikia. I see no evil, hear no evil. Black, black writings on the wall. Unleashed a million faces. Black-hearted evil, brave-hearted hero. That's not oh, a it's rhyme. evil and hero. It's, it's even worse. That's not... It's not like a rhyme. Black-hearted evil... Oh, you're right. Now that I'm hearing it in my head, they do try to. They do try to rhyme. Also, that. you cut out at one point, and I swear my brain auto completed to fandom powered by the apocalypse. <laughs> it's actually fa- uh, fandom forged in the dark. Oh, apparently this show- this song shows back up in um, Sonic Generations and Sonic yeah. and All Stars Racing Transformed. Hell yeah! Also, um. I'm going to issue a correction. Um, this is where you should play the corrections music. Uh, I said that Shadow the Hedgehog was released in 2004. It was released in 2005. Same year as God of War. And Devil May Cry and 3. Devil May Cry 3. Huh. One of these three video games is good. Uh, it, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Hey, Nora, what have you been up to this week? I've been playing God of War 2005. Oh, is that one of the three? What is that the one of three good video games I mentioned? Or is that a trash video game? Uh, Fucking go look up the Hades level at the end of that game. It's fucking bullshit. I mean, I can't really make fun of you because um, I think um, after we finish recording i'm going to install a video game that i will play for this podcast so oh yeah yeah all right we all make mistakes i also played that game for a podcast so you know (laughs) (sighs) i want to rest from bad games but i have to put i have to play darksiders next i think darksiders is good question i People like Darksiders. It was $2 at GameStop, so... Huh? It was $2 at GameStop. Okay. Well, for $2, can't be bad. Mm. I think I got it for free when THQ shut down or something. I'm trying to remember what game it was. It was it was Duke Nukem Forever that I found for less than a dollar, I think. Did you get it? No. I would have got Duke Nukem for less than a dollar. I think it was on Xbox. I would have regretted it, but I would have done it. He, like... Oh, I'm suddenly having a flashback to, like, my forum days as a teen where someone told me I was oversensitive because I thought it was kind of gross the way that, like, women are treated in that game. Yeah. Should we... Remember, <laughs> kids, video games are for jerks. <laughs> Video games are awful. They're bad. Um, <clears throat> so they have the climactic so, showdown. He finds Vatu at Harmonic Convergence, 
And he is losing, and uh, Rava goes into him again for the Avatar state, and it's killing him, and uh, I'm not sure why that is. Um, yeah. But um, it's killing him, and he's dying, and he's losing the fight. And uh, then harmonic convergence happens, and he touches a light and becomes powerful mm. it's it, i don't maybe i wasn't paying attention i didn't I really that. that's never happened but i it's... don't know w- why touching the harmonic convergence light bonded rava to his spirit so a lot of this is very similar to like other origin stories in other shows and other media and i think they're kind of relying on your familiarity with just like oh, and then this is the part of the story where a mystical bullshit happens and he wins the fight, you know? And I think yeah. that's the moment where he, like, becomes the Avatar, you know? Maybe them stepping in between re- realms briefly was, like, bonded them somehow? I d- yeah, I guess. I, I guess. Uh, but then the glow goes from outside his skin to inside his eyes, like we know. Mm-hmm. That was a cool detail. That was a little n- nice little thing. I wish he had a tattoo that lit up at that moment. What if his beard lit up? <laughs> <laughs> this is a little goatee, if... get a little. Okay, but what if Cora's hair glowed when she went into the Avatar state? You know those like bands she wears on her upper arms. What if those glowed? And so yeah, they have the climactic battle. Juan wins. He puts Vatu in a tree. Yeah, Juan starts winning with the Avatar State and uh, seals Vatu. He, like, captures Vatu in the elements in the similar way that Aang was surrounded by the elements at the end of the first show. Mm-hmm. With, like, the... the Not the orbits. I was going to say helixes, but that's not the right thing. It's like, it's like they're all orbiting him. Right. And then he puts him in a tree and seals it somehow. Um, and that again, tree has never bullshit. been mentioned before, but it's like the oh, Yggdrasil. No, it's like the it's, world tree. It's Groot. It is not fucking Groot. Are you... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do a, do a little dance. If not, no Groot. Groot doesn't always dance. But Groot does do a little dance. And that's the important part. Groot usually does a little dance when he seals away an ancient evil. <laughs> and then and then Cora uh, wakes up. There's a like a there's like a montage of one oh, through right. the ages and the subtitles say gunshots at one point, which confused me. I missed that. Yeah, that must I didn't be like hear a mis- that. That must be a mistake. Unless there were guns at some point in this setting and now there aren't. Yes. Like some spirit came in and took all the guns away. I guess. I doubt it. But, um. Man, there's a fucking. Ugh. There's a montage at the end of God of War of, like, warfare through the ages under Kratos's, like, watch mm-hmm. and how it progresses under Kratos. But doesn't, like, the world end in God of War 3 and, like, none of that actually happens? This was made before any of the other games. 
I guess. Although you can unlock the secrets in that game, and they talk about we got to make the sequel. Yeah. So, huh. is David Jaffe the Cliffy V of video games? I. David Jaffe always reminds me of George Bush for some reason. George who? George Bush. I thought you were gonna say George Romero. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm I'm referring to the man that uh, Jadakiss accused of knocking down the towers. Did, um, okay, but would Todd McFarlane and J- David Jaffe get along? They would, right? Yes, they're the same person. <laughs> I've never seen David Jaffe and Todd McFarlane in the same room. Have you? I've never seen Todd McFarlane and Seth McFarlane in the same room. Holy shit. I honestly didn't know which... I thought those were the same person for years. I thought they were like brothers or something. I was like, wow, he really gets around, huh? For all I know, they are the same person. For all I know, they are brothers. No, they have a different last name, although it sounds similar, I think. Okay. Is one of them like Mick and the other is Mac? No, it's Lane and Land, I think. Oh. But you say it the same, basically. Um, and then Cora wakes up <laughs> and remembers who she is, and that's the end of the episode because that's the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, they only have 22 minutes per episode, so. She, uh, gets on a Sky Bison and leaves. I think she's still gonna go see Zuko? Uh, not Zuko, because Zuko's not the Fire Lord anymore, but she is going to see the Fire Lord. And... Is Zuko not the Fire Lord? I don't believe Zuko is the Fire Lord. He's alive. I, Zuko is still kicking, but I think he has passed on Fire Lordship. She's either going to do that or she's going to go to the North Pole. I don't really remember. They didn't say. They didn't really say what she was up to. I assume she's going to go talk to the Fire Lord because I know Zuko shows up in the show. I don't. Zuko might not show up until next season, actually. Okay. I... When all the old folks are around. Right. I feel comfortable um, saying it because I think we're pretty close, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not until next season. Who yeah, knows? I mean, it's. I don't think that's a secret at this point. Yeah. Um. Uh, I and I don't have the wiki open to read ahead this week, so. Right. I mean, I have wiki open, but it's on Cliffy B's page. Oh, mine was back to um, Atlantis Milo's return, and I was gonna play a game. I did this in high school sometimes, where you hit the random article on Wikipedia, mm-hmm. and then you try to get to a certain like endpoint. Um, and so I was gonna see, I was gonna hit random article and see how many clicks it took me to get to Todd McFarlane's Wikipedia page. This is an endless thing you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out. So I started on. Stouffer's, the uh, frozen foods company, then United States, then visual art of the United States, and it feels like I should be close to Todd McFarlane, but I just don't know how to seal the deal here. Oh, wait, I thought you meant you were going to click random article until you got to Todd McFarlane. (laughs) (laughs) No! God. Here we go, comics. There it is. Todd McFarlane's got to be on here somewhere. 
Okay, what am I doing? What is this podcast? Thank you for listening and enduring this episode of White Lotus Radio. Nora, can I say something? Yeah. Best episode of the TV show so far. More importantly, best episode of this podcast so far. Also the worst episode of this podcast. No, no, I'll edit out all the bad parts. Oh, so... we talk about Korra. (laughs) Do we have to record another uh, podcast then? Because, like, if you cut out all the bad parts, there's no... There's no good parts. If I cut out all the bad parts, it's just me vague tweeting about my next podcast that I'm going to (laughs) do. Okay, okay. So I went... Stouffer's United States, visual art in the United States, comics in the United States, image comics, Todd McFarlane. We did it, everybody. Congratulations. We're canceling the apocalypse. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is saved. (laughs) I love saving police. That show seems fine. I've seen clips. It seems kind of funny. I keep seeing a... uh... I've seen an episode, actually. I saw one episode or two, and it was really good, actually. Now that I'm remembering, I was not sober when I saw it, so... (laughs) I've seen one clip, like, eight times in the past two days, and that clip is very good, but I'm probably still not going to watch that show. Is it the singing one? Yeah, it's the NSYNC. Is it Backstreet Boys or NSYNC? It's Backstreet Boys. I'm going to make a poll on the White Lotus Radio Twitter account that says, I want it that way, by NSYNC or Backstreet Boys. Don't do this. (laughs) You can't stop me because I also have access to the account. Make a poll that says, is Todd McFarlane the Cliffy B of comedy? No, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) So, since Spawn... Wait. Was there ever a definitive edition of Soul Calibur 2? No, no. It's still split up across various consoles. So, Spawn and Link have never fought. Spawn and Link have never fought, but they do exist... If they don't exist in the same universe, like, there's a semi-permeable barrier between their universes... It's the same with that and, like, Yoda. Yeah. Um, so my question is, could Link beat Spawn in a fight? Better uh, question. Fuck that. <laughs> Spawn versus Ghost Rider. Oh, it's gotta be Ghost Rider, right? Ghost Rider was played by Nicolas Cage. Ghost Rider rules. That's a, that's a good point. Who played Spawn? I don't even know, but I'm on the Todd McFarlane Wikipedia Jason Marsden! <laughs> Wait, was it John? <laughs> no. <laughs> I just believed you for a second. <laughs> yeah, my name is Spawn. <laughs> That's my Jason Marsden impression. It's very <laughs> good. Oh, apparently Spawn had a legal dispute with Neil Gaiman. Oh, right. That's what led to uh, Angela and whatever. Huh? So Neil Gaiman... If I'm remembering this right, and I'm going to pull this up real quick. If I'm remembering this right, Neil Gaiman wrote a few issues of Spawn. And um, that's where he introduced um, the comic you're reading, Angela and Sarah. 
right? Oh, yeah. And then, like, he sued Todd McFarlane to get the rights to those characters, and then they somehow ended up in Marvel. Hmm. Yeah. Also, the, the answer to who played Spawn was apparently Michael Jai White. Who, who else did he play? I know that name. Also, Spawn was 1997, not 2004. Might be. That's... That's right. Spawn predated X-Men. Michael Jai White. Um, he was in Never Back Down, No Surrender. I probably Never know Back Down, The Beat movies. Down. Black Dynamite? He was in Mortal Kombat. I probably know him from Mortal Kombat. Like, that's... That's who I am. Okay. Okay. You've heard of Gogeta. You've heard of Gotenks. Now get ready for Tony Ja Rule. Mm. Mm. Wouldn't it be Goni Ja Rule? No. Because it's Tony Ja and Ja Rule. Yeah, but you have to have Go at the start. Fuck you. <laughs> How about you have stop at the start? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at neither Nora. What was the other poll you wanted me to tweet? Nothing. Cliffy B is the right. No. Don't <laughs> spoil. The podcast title is Todd McFarlane is the Cliffy B of comic books. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, we have been fucking recording for an hour (laughs) it's gonna take me two hours to edit this allison coffee allison underscore coffee i'm so sorry you can find me on twitter at allison underscore coffee can't hear you say it without crying you can find me on twitter at allison underscore coffee apologizing to nora for this terrible episode (laughs) You can find the podcast at White Lotus Pod. Tweet at us about your takes on Spawn versus Ghost Rider. Yeah. We didn't ask uh, for questions because I don't think we planned to record today, and then we did. I think we said we might today, and then we forgot. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but do make a poll about Spawn versus Ghost Rider. Okay, I can do that. I wonder if the Ghost Rider from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is cool. He's a car. Uh, until next time, uh, keep it flamio, folks. Keep it flamio. <laughs> okay, now I'm gonna stop. <laughs>